Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you today. Thanking God again for this wonderful opportunity that we have to meet around the table of his word. We are going to open our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this time of studying your word and for the grace that you are releasing to cause us to arise and partake in the wonderful inheritance that you have given us. We thank you for strengthening us with might in the inner man to walk in the light of your word and for the willingness and obedience to follow the prompting of your Holy Spirit. The entrance of your word gives light and it brings understanding to the simple. So Lord, we pray that your word will have free course in our life and help us to give ourselves entirely to you so that our progress might be seen by all. And we'll be careful to give you all glory, all honor, and all praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're looking today at the the subject of walking in God's peace and protection. Amen. And we are going to open our study by reading from the book of Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 4 to verse 8. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we are told here about what to do and what not to do. In verse 6, we are told what not to do. We are not to worry. We are not to be careful, in other words, for nothing. Amen? But what are we supposed to do? We are told to rejoice in the Lord always. And then he stresses that. The Lord stresses that by saying it over again. He says, and again, I say rejoice. And further instruction is given to us as to what we are to do. We are told that in everything by prayer, 
by supplication with thanksgiving that we are to let our requests be made known to God. And when we do that, verse 7 says that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And then we are given in verse 8, a list of things that we are supposed to think upon. Hallelujah. The way that we are supposed to think, the thoughts that we are supposed to entertain in order for the peace of God, this peace that passes all understanding, to will continue to keep our hearts and keep our mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, we are living in times when the battle for the soul of man is intensifying uh, dramatically. And this battle is being fought everywhere in the life of every individual, in every church, in every nation. And if we do not understand this conflict that is raging, then we will be defeated. And what God is doing is that he is revealing to his people um, how to rise up, to fight. Uh, One of the most powerful weapons that the enemy of our soul is using to keep uh, men in bondage to his evil ways. And that weapon that the enemy uses is fear. We see, and actually we will see this in the study, that fear has torment. And whenever we entertain fear, then we are not at peace. But God wants us to know that he has moved by his spirit to establish peace in our lives. Amen. So we are told to be careful for nothing. In other words, be anxious about nothing. And the Lord, by telling us to be careful, is actually commending us to do that. He didn't say, I suggest that you be careful. It would be good for you to be careful. No, he's saying, it's a command, be careful. And if God commands us to do something, it means that this thing is actually possible to achieve. You see, in every situation orchestrated by the enemy to bring opposition and adversity to our lives, God is not only able to do what it takes to bring deliverance to us, but he's also willing 
to bring that deliverance. He's willing to bring salvation, to bring peace, in other words, wholeness to our lives. You know, God knows every challenge that we will ever face. Uh, Yet, he says to us not to worry. Why? Because he will take care of it. He is taking care of the spiritual forces behind the adversity that the enemy seeks to bring against us. For instance, we see just how God has everything under control uh, in an account, uh, you know, in the Bible that is given to us uh, showing the enemy uh, attacking Jesus, who was in the midst of a boat uh, with his disciples. Just think of it. God was in the midst of the boat boat and yet the enemy attacked however what we need to focus on is what happened after he attacked we see that god's word had already gone forth the word that jesus had spoken before he got in the boat in telling his disciples that we are going to the other side that word is what prevailed. Amen. In other words, what God says, God will do. Let's go ahead and look at that passage in Luke, uh, in the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. Luke 8, 22 to 25. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he, that is Jesus, went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and water, and they obey him. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what do we, one of the things that we learn from this passage is that we must be assured in our heart and mind that what God has said to us is sure. Amen. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 119 and verse 89, that the word of God is forever. It is settled in heaven. Amen. And so we must 
first of all, believe God, believe his word. That is, we trust him. And we must also, because again, everything that he tells us is for our good, amen, and he has good things for us, we must always thank him and rejoice in him, that is, praise him. You know, the, the book of uh, Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 <clears throat> tells us that in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. Amen. In everything. God didn't say for everything, but in everything. So regardless of the circumstance, if we are assured in our heart and mind that God's word that he has spoken to us is sure, then we will indeed keep our eyes on him. We will thank him and we will rejoice because we know that he has got our back. Amen. And that it is well with us. You know, the devil uses fear to keep the whole world under his power. But you see, God himself uses faith to set people free. And though the Bible tells us that the enemy, that is Satan and his whole kingdom of darkness, that they are already defeated, we see that the enemy is still active in certain ways. Uh, Let's look at um, a couple of um, verses showing how Satan is defeated. Amen. I want to remind ourselves that he is indeed, as the Bible says, a defeated foe. He may be trying hard to come against us, but we have to remind ourselves that he is already defeated. He's not going to be defeated. He is already defeated. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. It says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he, that is Jesus, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. It is referring here to the cross. Amen. So through the cross, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show of them Openly, he triumphed over them. Amen. See, all that is in the past tense. It is done. Jesus has triumphed over Satan. He spoiled them. Amen. The whole kingdom of darkness. And this is explained further in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, which reads, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took 
part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So we see that the enemy was not only completely defeated, but we, that is, born again believers, we have been freed from fear. Amen. From the spirit of fear, it has no power over us. And, you know, it is essential for us to to understand that because of their defeat, they know that they are already defeated, yet they are active. The, our, our enemies, all these agents of the world of darkness, they live in dread. They are trembling. Therefore, we should not receive their fear. We have been delivered from that power that they had over us before we came to the Lord. Amen. And when we do not receive the fear that they try to bring against us, then what happens is that fear returns to them. So they are even more terrified. You see, fear, we have to keep in mind that fear is a spirit. It's not just, you know, sometimes we think I am afraid. And so, you know, I have this emotion and this is all of that fear is about. No, fear is a spirit. The same way as faith is also a spirit. Amen. The Bible speaks of the spirit of faith. Amen. The same way as it speaks of the spirit of fear. We are going to look at this as we go develop the study. Amen. So when we rejoice, it is a sign that our faith in God and his word is fully operational. And in the spirit realm, fear is not able to settle inside of us. It may try to come against us, but it will stay on the outside. It cannot come in the inside. Hence, we see the importance to let our spirit rise up in faith by being in the word of God, by meditating on the word, by studying the word, by speaking the word, by rejoicing and allowing the peace of God to rise up in us and to rule in our heart. When I spoke about um, the enemy being terrified, amen, and trembling, um, I would like to back that up with a scripture um, taken from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28. Philippians chapter 1 verse 28 It says, and in nothing, look at this, nothing, not some things, but nothing terrified by your adversary, which is to them an evident token of 
perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. And in nothing, I will repeat, terrified by your adversaries. Why? Because to them, it is an evident token of perdition, meaning that they are, they've lost the battle, they've lost the war, amen, they are fully defeated, but to us of salvation and that it comes from God. In other words, you didn't do it on your own, amen, we, you cannot do it on your own. This is a spiritual battle which Jesus fought and has won for us and passed the victory on to us when we choose to receive him as Lord and Savior and walk in the light of his word. Amen. You see, the, we are also reminded in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. And because of that, it is possible and actually, it is essential that we walk in faith. Faith leads us to the Lord's domain. In other words, to the kingdom of God, where all the good things, the liberty that God has provided for us, um, we partake of that and we are released to be who we were created to be. Amen. You know, this battle between um, faith and fear that rages uh, in, in every person's soul will determine whether or not we live uh, a successful life. So, in other words, the course of our lives will be dictated by faith or by fear. And consequently, we all will have to choose which it's, it will be. Amen. And when we choose to walk by faith, we're going to have to fight. The Bible tells us that the violent take it by force. Amen. We live in a world that is full of um, ungodliness, that is full of everything that is contrary to God's will and to God's ways. And the enemy is trying to, is seeking to keep us under his power. So we are going to have to fight, amen? And we are, we are going to see uh, again how God calls us to fight that face, that, 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 that fight, I'm sorry, fight that fight. It is, it is the fight of faith. And uh, in order to do that, we have to remember that uh, this, it is the spirit realm that controls the natural realm, not the other way around. So everything we must settle first in the spirit realm. Amen. You know, it is significant for us to note uh, Jesus's warning 
about um, the difficult time that people will have to face, especially in the end times, which by the way, it's, it's happening right now. Amen. Um, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 24 and going to look at verses, uh, the second part there of verse four, all the way through verse six. So Jesus is answering some of the questions of his disciples concerning, uh, you know, the end times. Um, And this is what Jesus tells them, starting with uh, the second part of verse four. He says, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Amen. Now, what I'd like to focus on here is these two warnings that Jesus gave his disciples. He says, see that ye be not troubled. Amen. And then secondly, he says, Take heed that no man deceive you. Hallelujah. Now, when we speak also about wars and rumors of wars, um, I think it's important that we look beyond just the um, war between nations, okay, that may happen. Uh, Let's personalize it and look at it as the enemy bringing also war that is adversity, challenges, trials against us in our lives. Amen. So whenever we hear wars, as I'm talking here, uh, picture uh, not just the, the war between the nations, Amen, or even a civil war within a nation, but also the war that the enemy brings to our individual lives. Amen. So, first of all, let's look at when uh, the first warning that Jesus gave. He says, See that you be not troubled. Amen. That's what Jesus said we should do when we go through difficult times, when we go through dangerous times when we hear of wars and rumors of wars when things look chaotic around us when we are faced with opposition and the lord wants us not to allow these things to cripple our faith and to throw us into anxiety we are to refuse to let those things that 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 trouble enter into our heart. Amen. So he says, see to it that you be not troubled. In other words, do not allow the trouble that you hear of enter your heart, whether it be individual or in your community or in your nation or even in the nations of the world. Do not let these things enter your heart. 
And then secondly, he says that we are to guard against deception. He says, take heed. Jesus says, take heed that no man deceive you. Why? Because if we let him, that is Satan, he will use the things, these things that he himself is stirring up to fill our minds with worries, to show us every kind of horrible and dark picture so that fear can fill our heart. Amen. You see, the enemy doesn't just want you to, you know, be a little bit uh, fearful. He wants fear to dominate your life. Amen. So he is always seeking for an opening. So never receive anything that is negative, however little it might seem, because this is usually the way it starts. It starts small, as they say in the world, you give an inch and the person takes a mile or the enemy takes a mile. So he's seeking to fill our heart, amen, with worries. He wants to stir up fear inside of us. He wants to stir up negative emotions inside of us. He wants to stir up hatred inside of us, amen, um, and all of that is to deceive us into abandoning our faith and letting fear fill our heart. You see, the enemy sends this fear in order to torment us. And if we don't resist it, we will end up living in anguish, in distress, and we will be troubled. Fear is the opposite of love. And we know as born-again believers that God is love. This is why we are even in his kingdom now, because he so loved us that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us that we might have life, amen, eternal life, have life in abundance, amen, hallelujah. So we know that God is love. And when we put our confidence in him and rejoice in him, the enemy cannot sow his negative seeds in our life. You see the first uh, John, uh, yes, first John chapter four and 18 says this. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear has torment and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. And this is exactly what the enemy wants. He wants us never to be made perfect in love, never to live in God's love and walk, walk out that love in our life, amen, and demonstrate that love to others. So he wants to keep, keep us crippled inside with fear. So he's creating war outside of us so he can gain access to our insides. 
But you see, if his ideas, that is the enemy's ideas, his thoughts, his informations, which are all lies, stay outside of us, he will not and he cannot accomplish his objective. So this is why he has to try to deceive us into opening our heart and mind to let that junk that he is sending in. But hallelujah, we can guard against that. And that is why the Lord says, take heed. We guard by taking heed. We guard by paying attention to what God is saying instead of what the world may be saying or whatever, you know, voices may be trying to talk to us from, let's say, even symptoms we may be feeling in our body or things happening in our family or what our, you know, bank account may be trying to minister to us. Amen. We must pay attention to what God, the word of God says. Amen. And we do that by concentrating on on the Lord, on looking at things through his eyes, through the word of God. Because you see, our future is not based on what the enemy is trying to show us on, you know, trying to remind us of the defeats of the past or the things that he has done, you know, to others or even all over the world. This has nothing to do with us. We are connected to God. We are his. We belong to him. Amen. We, be, we are in his kingdom. We've been translated out of the kingdom of Satan amen, into God's marvelous kingdom where we are under his government. So whatever the enemy wants to do, you know, that's part of his realm of darkness and we have no part of it. And the way we can make sure that we do not, we we, we remain isolated from Satan's realm is by walking in the light of God's word by faith, amen. Our future is determined by our faith in God's word. But we have to understand that this is going to take real commitment. Amen. To keep our attention on that because we are swimming against the current. We are living in a hostile environment. We are at war. Amen. So what the enemy tries to do is always to uh, sidetrack us. Amen. Uh, you see, for example, I've heard of, um, you know, men and women of God who have experienced uh, great moves of God um, in their lives or in their ministries uh, being suddenly attacked, uh, you know, with, you know, a great attack. Um, and that is you know, things that were totally unexpected because they are rejoicing in a great victory that they have experienced, amen, that they have seen. Again, as I said, it could be in something personal or, you know, in their ministry. And there it is that this attack comes on. Um, And even throughout history, there have been mighty outpourings of God that are 
paralleled with war. And we, you know, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that these are attempts of the enemy trying to sidetrack us, to take our attention on what God is doing, on the moves of God, on his outpouring, and rather to try to uh, keep you get our focus on what he, the enemy, is doing, that is on a war, on things that are negative. Amen. In other words, it's a diversionary tactic. And the sole purpose of this is to stop the move of God in one's life, one's family, one's community or nation. Amen. Or even in the nations of the world. That's how he operates. Amen. And so what we have to look at is how we keep from falling prey to this, to, 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 to the enemy's tactics. How do we keep from falling into the fear and the deception that Jesus warned us about? Because remember, again, we are looking today at walking in God's peace and in God's protection. And there is uh, this is a process, amen. There are rules to to follow. There are, you know, instructions that are given to us in the word of God, amen, that we must obey, amen, and that we must be diligent, actually, about uh, obeying. Uh, first of all, we have to come to uh, the complete and absolute decision, Amen. That we are victors and the enemy is defeated. Amen. Um, if we're going to, you know, fight the good fight of faith in order not to fall into the fear and the deception of the enemy, we have to have that mindset. Amen. It has to be established in our heart and mind that we are the victors, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, that the victory is ours and that the battle is the Lord. We must settle that within ourselves. That's how we come prepared for battle. We don't go to battle, you know, thinking that we are already defeated or that we might be defeated. No, the enemy is already defeated and we have been handed over that victory. Hallelujah. So it is imperative that we do whatever we have to do to get that into our spirit. That's the very first step. Amen. We must stay in the word in, in, in order to, to, to get to that place. We have to fellowship with the Lord until this confidence rises up within us. And it chases out every doubt, every thought of uh, an, uh, failure every thought of defeat. Amen. You know, the Bible tells us that um, after Jesus defeated the devil and that he left the earth, that he sat down at the right hand of the father. Amen. And um, he sat down expecting all his enemies to be made his footstool. Amen. We are told, actually, if you read the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 34 and 35, around there, 
uh, tells, tells us this. Amen. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. You know, and actually the Apostle Paul um, is, is praying for the church to get that revelation also. That not only is Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, that he is expecting his enemies to be made his footstool, but that we are seated also with him. Um, I would like to turn to that passage in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 19 to 23. Amen. Um, Ephesians 1. So it's expounding that those verses are expounding on uh, Jesus's power, his position, his authority. Amen. What he has achieved at the cross. And, And again, Paul is praying that the church would know that they would have a revelation of this and also how we the church we are partakers of this victory that Jesus has won so starting with verse 23 he speak he says that we because again remember he's praying that we would know know this so he says the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. But before we comment on that, let's skip quickly to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And there we see that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this is where Jesus is. Amen. And this is where we are. He is above, far above. Amen. Uh, He is seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name. That is name, not only in this world, but that which is to come. If we can think of a name, that name, Jesus, is above it. Amen. So if, and especially if that name is speaking about war, rumors of war, conflict, adversity, opposition, or any name that might be created, eventually, as the dictionaries are expanding and we are coming up with new inventions, with new words, with new thoughts. All these things, let's remember that they are under Jesus's feet. Amen. That he's far above all of them and every spirit that may have inspired it, those things. Amen. And so not only has Jesus, is Jesus above, far above, but concerning us as it's connected to us. We see in verse 22 that he is the head 
over all things to the church, which is his body. Amen. So the head is far above everything. Amen. And his body is attached to his head. Amen. And is therefore above everything. So whatever is under Jesus' feet is also under our feet. Praise God. And we are seated with him in heavenly places. Praise the Lord. So as a result of all this, our actions should reflect that Jesus has already won, that we are victorious is him, that as far as he's concerned, it is done. And therefore, for us, as far as we are concerned, it is also done. And so we must be able to wage a good warfare on those grounds using the word and using our authority in Christ. And as we do so, we remember that we are looking down at the devil. We are not looking up. We are looking down. We are waging from a position of victory. Amen. Waging war from a position of history, of victory. And the enemy is under our feet. We must have that settled. You know, it is possible to have that kind of confidence in the midst of the kinds of threats that we're facing right now. Because the word of God says so. Amen. His spirit is also at work in us making it possible for us to be and do God's good pleasure. Amen. His word is a light, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We have all that it takes to come to that place of persuasion, of confidence. If we look at Psalm 112 and verses 7 and 8, Look at what it says. Psalm 112, verses 7 and 8. It, it's speaking of the man who fears the Lord and delights uh, in his commandments. In other words, in his word. And verses 7 and 8 say that this man, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Hallelujah. You see, that kind of person is established. He delights greatly in God's word. And because of that, he has become established. He is sure of that the victory is his. And you see, once we have that kind of assurance, then nothing, not wars, not rumors of wars, not sickness, nor anything that the enemy can fashion, no weapon that is formed against us can prosper, And these things are not able to move us. 
because we are established in the word, established in the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And in his power. And another thing, the second thing that we need to do to keep from falling into Satan's trap um, is to speak about the deliverance of the Lord. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. In, in Psalm 91 and verse 2, look what it says. The psalmist writes, he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me. Amen. Notice, of, you know, the confidence that this poem says. He says, surely the Lord will deliver me. Not probably, uh, you know, maybe sometimes he will, surely, you know, or sometimes, he, you know, he might not. No, no, it's surely. The Lord is his refuge and his fortress, he says. And in him, he's going to trust. But what I want us to notice is the way he speaks here. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. This is the order here that we notice in this verse. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. And then he says, surely the Lord shall deliver me. In other words, in response to what I have said, I will say of the Lord that he's my refuge and my fortress. Then the Lord will deliver him. Amen. Uh, this speaks again of the uh, of our confession, amen, of our faith and our confession. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, we are told that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, amen. So hearing the word, in other words, somebody must be doing the speaking for us to hear. However, we have to note that when we speak the word of God to ourselves, our spirit hears it. And the more we hear the word, the more our faith grows. So as we keep on speaking God's word of healing, God's word of protection, God's word of deliverance, God's word of provision, whatever we are speaking, as long as it is, it is God's word and we are speaking it in faith, our faith will continue to grow. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. So our faith in that area uh, for, for, for this, let's say Psalm 92, speaking about, you know, protection over here, mostly as we know this Psalm to be a great Psalm of protection. Amen. So we'll use it here to speak about God's word of protection. Then as we do that, it, our faith grows in that protection and will become so strong that nothing will be able to shake it. And of course, um, 
it will require work as stated before. Amen. Because we are again living in enemy territory. And he will try to do everything in his power to try to distract us, to try to sidetrack us. Amen. So we have to apply effort. Amen. It's going to take work um, to walk in the protection of God, to work in the provision of God. Amen. Because these things just do not come automatically because we are believers or let's say we are born again. Amen. Yes, we are born again, but we have to live a certain way. And that way is walk in the light of the word of God. Do what the word says to do. The Bible says that until we mix the word of God with faith, that it profits us nothing. That's stated in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It's just like salvation. Amen. The cross has already happened over 2,000 years ago. And everything has been provided for us. But until we use our faith to tap into what God has done for us through the cross, then it will not profit us. Amen. You see, Hebrews chapter 4, again, that same chapter, um, in verse 11, it says that we must labor to enter into our rest. Amen. Uh, it's a rest with God. It is a rest of faith. Amen. And so that this labor includes getting into the word of God. It includes uh, get confessing the word and acting on the word. Amen. Um, we all know that, you know, as stated in scripture, that the battles that are taking place, the primary battles, that is, uh, here on earth um, that we see here, are they are not actually happening uh, on the earth where we see them. They are happening in the heavenlies. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 tells us um, that these are spiritual battles and that we cannot fight them from a natural perspective. Uh, we have to get God's perspective and we have to get God's weapons to fight this battle. This battle, our fight is not against flesh and blood. Amen. Let's go ahead actually and read that verse. Ephesians 6 and verse 12. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. And then in verse 17 of that same chapter, we are told of the offensive weapon that we must use to fight. And it is called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see that we must not only be convinced and settle in our position as victors in Christ. But secondly, that, you know, we must be about confessing the word of God, saying what the word of God says. Amen. 
praise God, looking at things from God's perspective and fighting with the sword of the spirit. And then another thing that we must add to, if you can call that our arsenal, so that we can, you know, um, that will have prevent us or, you know, help us avoid the danger of the devil trying to lure us is to follow the rules of faith that are, you know, taught, instructed in, 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 in the Bible. Uh, for example, in First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, tells us uh, some of the things that we, are, we need to do concerning prayer and the things that, you know, we, we must be, the, the thoughts that we have to entertain and, uh, and be declaring over people, uh, particularly over our leaders. Um, in First Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2, it tells us, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. Amen. So notice it says, the, the Lord is telling us, first of all, make this your priority. In other words, to offer supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks for everyone. He says all men. But then he says for kings and for all that are in authority. So it means that we are to pray for everyone. Amen. Pray for the salvation of everyone. Hallelujah. Pray uh, for everyone's well-being, their welfare, hallelujah. And it means that we are to pray for all who are in authority, good and bad. We don't pick and choose who we want to pray for, amen. And this is what we need to do if we are going to successfully fight this fight of faith, amen, that we have to obey God's word. Um, These are his own rules, his own guidelines on how we ought to live our life. Uh, it means that we have to watch our mouth, amen, when, when it comes to those that we don't like, uh, and particularly those in authority who make up uh, rules and designs laws that we may not appreciate or that we may feel maybe impacting us in a negative way. We have to guard our heart. We have to guard our you know, keep a watch over our mouth. Amen. We must um, do what Proverbs 4 tells us to verse 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it will flow the issues of your life. Amen. So notice we could be doing so many good things, um, you know, concerning what we've just spoke about, you know, being convinced of our victory, being being established in that, being, you know, declaring the word of God over our lives for our safety, our provision, our protection and all that. Uh, but if we're about speaking negative things against other people um, and those that we don't like, um, uh, you know, we are not protecting our heart against foolishness with the diligence that God is calling us to. And he says, all diligence, meaning that it's going to require, you know, effort, 
all diligence, meaning that it's not going to be easy. It's something that we have to be working at, amen, constantly. So whether we like it or not, this is God's word, and this is how we must do battle in the heavenlies. We are to fight with prayer and the word and keep our faith strong by guarding our heart against uh, hate, against negativity, amen. Why? Because these things cripple our faith. And therefore, uh, it also hinders the power of God in us. Um, So if we allow ourselves to to go that route, then we lose the spiritual ability to do what is necessary to protect ourselves as well as the lives of those who actually depend on us, depend on our faith. Amen. God has placed us here for a purpose. Amen. Uh, He wants us to become, not just be blessed, but become a blessing unto others. Amen. You know, the Bible tells us that Abraham obeyed God and he was blessed to become a blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, you know, in, in, in John 16 and verse 33, Jesus says this. He says, in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Um, so, yes, trials, challenges, um, you know, war, rumors of wars uh, will be heard and will, some of it will come our way, um, whether we like it or not. Uh, so rather than being troubled, we should settle that victory in our heart. And we should speak out the delivering power of the Lord and follow the rules, the guidelines uh, of faith that God has given us in his word. And as we do that, we will surely experience the salvation of the Lord. Um, You know, God responds to his word, um, not to our need. Amen. Yeah, he sees our need and he wants to bless, but he's given us his word uh, that carries everything that we need. Hallelujah. So the word must be in our heart. It must be in our mouth. Amen. Um, Before I close, I'd like to read actually three scriptures. I'm going to look at, first of all, James, the book of James, chapter one. We're going to look at verses 22 and verse 25. Verse 22 of James one says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. That's really very, putting it very firmly, right? I mean, just think of it. If we are hearers and not doers of the word, we are deceiving ourselves. And then in verse 25, we read, Whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God, and continueth therein, he being not, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So we are promised that as we allow the word of God to be revealed to us, amen, we look into this perfect law of liberty. Because it is called called the law of liberty, it has the power to make us free, amen, hallelujah, free to do God's will, free to become who God called us to be, created us to be, amen. And as we continue in the word, by the grace that is being supplied to us, and we are not being forgetful hearers, but we're doing the word, we shall be blessed in our deeds. Whatever we put our hands to will prosper. So God's invitation, I believe, is to for us to rededicate ourselves to the fullness of his word. Amen. The fullness. We don't just take a part and leave what, you know, it seems inconvenient or uncomfortable. But no, let us be labor to enter into rest. Let us rededicate ourselves to the fullness of his word. And as we sow his word in obedience, we will see uh, the favor of the Lord following us. and. The, the the harvest the you know we will reap uh the harvest that he has prepared for us amen then two more verses that i will read and then we will we will um close in prayer uh, psalm 84 verse 11 for the lord god is a sun and shield the lord will give grace and glory No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Hallelujah. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen. Now the last scripture, 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Hallelujah. God is seeking, looking, desiring to show himself strong in our behalf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. We thank God for his goodness, for his mercy, for his grace. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word to us, reminding us to seek you, O God, at all times until we find you and to allow your presence to fill us with your peace. This peace gives us a foundation that is so secure, Father, that we can step out in confident faith without being moved by what we see or by what we hear. The wars and the rumors of wars, the adversity, the challenges, the opposition will not move us, oh God, because we have this powerful peace that puts us in a position to look directly into the face of our adversary, into the face of opposition without fear or intimidation. Lord, we thank you.
for your anointing, for your power that is in us right now, enabling us to see through the eyes of Jesus, to walk as he walked on the earth, to be full of wisdom, of discernment, of understanding, and to be unmoved to the flesh like he was unmoved, and to let your peace be the empire of our soul. From this place of full assurance at your right hand, Lord, we will rest in the victory of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our soon coming King, O God. And we will rule even now in the midst of our enemies for your glory and for our rejoicing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we think or ask for, according to his spirit that is at work in us, to you, O Lord, be glory, honor, and praise now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today and invite you to join us again next week at the same time. Good night.